For all the Fandanglers out there who know that the heart and soul of Retro Fandango is all about truth and honesty. It's all about being real and brave. That's Retro Fandango. That's Retro Fandango. When it's Android over iPhone and you can keep your stupid amiibo and always bashing on Nintendo. That's Retro Fandango. That's Retro Fandango. Thanks, Retro Fandango. Well, look at us. Here. Ready to go. On time, despite what the chat says. <laughs> chat doesn't always know best, you know. They're What's not going always... on with the chat? I don't know. We've got a lot of people here. Curtis says he's got COVID. Or he didn't catch COVID, but he has to quarantine himself just for nothing. <laughs> I don't think it's just for nothing. If, if people are telling you to quarantine yourself, something's up. That's what I say. And look at this. We got Sauce here. Can't wait for that new episode. Joe. Oh, he's kissing up to Joe because Joe is here. What is Joe doing in the chat? You know, hey there, Joe. Not not that I mind. I had I have so much stuff I want to talk to you about. I got all these movies here. I got mm. movies that I forgot to mention the last time, and I even played a video game that I think you'd be interested in. Mm -hmm. But of course, I made the mistake of listening to the latest STC pod before <laughs> we did this. Are we going into a rebuttal? I don't know what is it with that show. They're always constantly on me. I, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand what's going on. Well, they know they'll get a reaction out of you. I guess so. Maybe that's it. Well, it actually I I wasn't planning on listening to the show, but people kept messaging me things and wanting my reaction to what happened on the show. Mm -hmm. So. Let's just get into what happened on the show, and then you can have my reaction. So first of all, we start. I start the show, and everything's normal. And then all of a sudden, Joe just starts. He breaks into this news thing, and starts uh, going through like I don't. I don't know what he was looking at my Instagram page or something, and just starts reporting everything that I'm doing. It was quite weird. Mm -hmm. I do have the audio here for you. Hopefully it's work. Hopefully it works. The chat should let me know if it works. Let's play down some of the audio. I know Richard could hear it earlier. Let's see. Are you playing something? Can you hear nothing? No, nothing. Okay. okay let's see. I'll. Uh... Add it to the audio stream. was copyrighted. <laughs> Add it to the stream. And then, uh, oh, maybe that's what it was. I have to add it to the stream. Give me a thumbs up if you can hear it. We should probably jump into our breaking news segment. Am I supposed to make a noise? <laughs> wow. This is Update Kevin. Uh, he's organized uh, 10 bookcases into his wall of CD music recently, if you guys uh, 
are curious in how he's uh, setting up his new abode that he's moved into. Uh, he spent uh, some more money on music he doesn't need, like uh, Motorhead albums, Lee Aaron, and some 45s of uh, Cooper and Dire Straits is easy top. Mm-hmm. What, what else, Bill? Oh, he's in a, sh- a snow shoveling war with his new neighbor. Apparently, they do things differently up in uh, Chelmsford. Is that how it's pronounced? It's Chelmsford. Chelmsford. Thank you. Mm. Okay. It's uh, the great north of Canada. Uh, he has a Star Wars collection shelf, and he's bought five classic monster DVDs recently. <laughs> so. There you go. There's your bi-weekly update on what Kevin's been up to. And why? Why do you take notes of all this? Why the fascination? So Joe's answer to that question was because Bill told him to, but we all know that that's not the truth. Um, and people were asking me, like, what? what is Joe's obsession with you? Mm-hmm. And it was funny because a few people did uh message me and uh they had some theories they had some ideas let me read to you the uh i think the best three uh one person now i'm not going to give you any names because you know i i respect their identities um man crush happens to be one of them uh that's actually the first (laughs) one here uh hey kev just listen to the latest episode of stc I noticed how Joe talks about you in every episode. What's up with that? Which is probably referring to one of our. Should I do it now? What's up with that? Oh, do you What's have up it? With that? <laughs> What's up with that? Oh yeah, get you. Uh, 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 here we got. Yeah, the soundboard's back. Okay. <laughs> uh, so he he says, I think Joe might be in love with you. Hmm. Now, I, I I don't think that's the case. Uh, personally, I think Joe just uh, uh, you know is kind of is is obsessed for some other reason, but I don't I don't know exactly what it is. But I don't think it's because he loves me. Um, another person says, uh, "Yo, Marsman." Some people call me Marsman. Yo, Marsman, what is with Joe's obsession with you? He talks about you all the time. Is he jealous? Which could be. I mean, that's a pretty good theory, considering, you know, he does that whole weekly pickup video thing on his channel. Uh, you know, every week he's got to go out there, go to all the thrift stores, pick up stuff that he doesn't even know what it is, but he thinks it'll make him look cool if he if he picks it up and talks about it on his channel. There's not much interaction over there. But I just post a photo on Instagram and I get all this attention. By the way, that wasn't even the most I, the most I got was on Facebook. People were just constantly wanting to know more about my music collection on there. Um, but I should mention that my the music collection that I posted, that's both Sarah and I's collection. That's our, that's our collection together. Not all those CDs that are mine. At least half are hers. And, uh, you know, we were just we were just happy that we finally found a home for all the CDs since we moved into this house. Uh, we had this change where everything goes and that. And the CDs were in limbo. They were in boxes for like three, um, 
three months and you can't go buy CD shelves anymore. They don't sell them. Nobody sells any real media shelving here. Really? Anymore. Yeah, because streaming has completely taken over. Um, mm-hmm. Ikea was like the last ones, um, but they don't. They got rid of all their media shelves too. Uh, you can still buy bookcases, but that's about it. I find that hard to believe because everybody likes uh, sitting in front of their shelves for their YouTube videos. There's got to be a market for media shelving. Well, I did buy some on Wayfair. That's where I was able to find some. I had to order them from, from far away. Actually, Sarah found them and said because I was debating whether I should build some or whatnot, and she she found those on uh, on Wayfair. So I ended up buying those. If anything, YouTube should should produce their own line of those things uh, for records, for for DVDs, for CDs, for action figures, video games. YouTube's really missing out. The action figure ones you can still get, like they they're called curio cabinets, right? And anytime I was looking at curio cabinets, there was always like you know photos of you know people like family portraits or knickknacks and all that. And then the last image was always action figures. <laughs> like you can use <laughs> these for action figures too. The Dean shelves. Yeah. Okay, so one more theory. One more uh, person had a theory. He says, Mars, I have a theory about Joe, and I think he might be in love with Bill. I thought this one was really interesting. All right, that is interesting. He is jealous of you, of you, oh, sorry, I, I didn't write this. He is jealous of your and Bill's friendship and therefore feels threatened by you. He feels it is necessary to constantly have you look bad in front of Bill to make sure Bill remains loyal to him. Hmm. Interesting. Right. I could see that one being the, the most reasonable out of the, uh, the bunch. Because, yeah, if you want to, uh, like, you don't, when there's some kind of conflict, you don't just immediately jump into that conversation. You beat around the bush. You mm-hmm. bring up other topics. You, you get people thinking subliminally. So if he's constantly referencing you and talking about you and this and that, then that's going to make Bill go, oh, is this about me? What am I doing wrong? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think that I think this person may be onto something. He was easily the most um, I respect everybody who sent in uh, uh, comments and that. But uh, mm-hmm. that one was like uh, by somebody who I really respect. And I think he might be onto something. So. All right. So, of course, uh, the berating just didn't end there. It had to continue. Um, But the second round wasn't just uh, myself. It was uh, this program. And unfortunately, my pal Richard even got some some shrapnel here. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, a little bit. There's a little bit. But, um, yeah, here we go. Here is, well, Joe and uh, Bill uh, with their new guest. Yeah, we should, we need to introduce people to our new intern. Okay. So, guys, we have a new person on the show. We'd like to introduce everybody to Gary. Gary, you are on speakerphone. Say hi to everybody. So, Gary, uh, obviously, uh, you are not human. Just letting everybody know that wasn't some mumbling person. That's uh, Gary the Chimpanzee. He is the new STC pod intern so what's he do for us well we sort of pilfered him from fandango 
Oh. Right, Gary, you were on Fandango, and how was it? Oh, geez. Well, those of you that don't speak chimpanzee, it was uh, not very good. Gary, what was the worst? Uh, what was the worst part about it? Like, why? Why didn't you like interning over there? <laughs> Holy crap! You don't have to be that vulgar. Uh, translation: uh, Kevin forced him to play a bunch of PC games. Ah, oh. so. Gary, you don't have to worry about that here on STC. Uh, here, we are real gamers. We only play console games. Well, you know, you know, Gare, um, I haven't had the pleasure yet of meeting Mr. Rambox in person, but, but what was that like to work with him? He, oh, he touched you where? Uh-oh. Okay, sorry to bring that up, Gary. Uh, I can't say you won't get a little bit of that working at Joe's desk, but certainly won't be as ferocious. Yes. Well, we will teach you how to be real podcaster, uh, Gary. Uh, you watch, you observe. Uh, like I said, no PC gaming here, only consoles, and we have all the, the cigarettes and booze uh, that you want to drink. All right, so, Gary, I'm going to put you on, on mute for a second here, and uh, Bill, are gonna, Bill and I are going to continue on. Sit back and listen. Watch how professionals do it. Watch how award-winning professionals do it. Wow. Maybe we can get some secrets that he uh, may have overheard over at the, uh, the Sinister Compound. Uh, what makes you think that's not what he's doing to us, that he's an actual mole to steal our secrets? No, he, he told me that he was really unhappy. Plus, okay. he, knows what I'll, he knows what I'll do to him. We should probably jump into our oh, breaking. There you go. So. Mm-hmm. He knows what he'll do to him. Well, actually, I got to say, uh, Bill was on point. Jerry was indeed a uh, mole. That, Ooh, Jerry uh, or Gary? What did they say his name was? I don't know, Gary. That's No, no, yeah, Gary. That's right. It was mm-hmm. Gary. His real name is Jerry, but he went under the guise as Gary. So we'll call him Gary just for simplicity. So everybody, mm-hmm. everybody knows. Anyways, Gary um, was indeed or is indeed a mole. Actually, I do have Gary here. If you'd like, uh, you'd like to uh, speak with him, Richard. Um, of course, it's just audio. I just have audio here. But uh, Gary, can you say hello to uh, the Fandango uh, listeners? Come on, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> there's gary and uh, uh gary um you do not sound like uh, a chimpanzee you actually sound like uh an elephant is that uh is that correct it is okay there's a little bit of a delay he's uh he's far away gary's uh, a little slow so so Gary, how how is it that you are an elephant and Bill and Joe thought you were a monkey or a chimpanzee, I should say? Ah! Oh, I see. You are in disguise. Ah! Okay. Well, see, uh, what I should say is that uh, Gary uh, is a friend of mine and uh, we had a bet. Well, he actually bet me $100 
that he could infiltrate SDC Pod and pretend to be a monkey. And I said, Gary, you're you're an elephant. There's no way that they would mistake you for a monkey. I'll take that bet. He's like, I can do it. So, Gary, can you let our listeners know how you fooled your big elephant, how you fooled Bill and Joe into believing you're a monkey? Okay, so for those of you who don't, okay, yes, I got it. So for those of you who don't know elephant, uh, what uh, Gary did was he held a banana in his cup. <laughs> And uh, the banana um, fooled them into believing that he was a monkey. Is that right? Okay. Okay. Um, So one of the things that uh, Joe said you would not uh, turn on him is that you were afraid of what he uh, might do to you. Are are you afraid at all, Gary, of what uh, Joe might do to you? No, eh? Okay. No way. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Um, so there you have it. That is uh, Gary the Elephant who infiltrated the STC pod and made them believe that he was a monkey. There you go. Tenth caller gets t- tickets to ZZ Top. What kind of radio nonsense are we doing? <laughs> this here? is the morning zoo. Poor Curtis, he's not having a good time. He's not liking this episode. Yeah, this is probably what Curtis has to endure when he's on like a casting call or something and just watch it all. <laughs> oh, sure. Hey. Acting's easy. Hey, look, I uh, I was ready just to talk about movies, but uh, I, I get I get attacked and oh. uh, I'm like I don't know I don't know what to do with myself. So. Uh, even Joe was tapping out. Can we stop and maybe get some movie talk, please? Well, that's because <laughs> Joe doesn't like it because we're making fun of him. It's okay to go on his show and and uh, rant about me for no reason. I mean, I leave a guy alone. I don't even talk about him. I, I just get all this uh, shrapnel my way for for nothing. I mean, I post. Just think I of post, it as a, a free exposure. I post. I go out. Once last month, I went to a record store and I posted what I was what I uh, had bought, and that that offends him. But I think I think the guy, the jealousy guy, is onto something. I think he might be a little bit. I think he might be a little bit jealous of me. He might be a little bit jealous of our relationship. He says it's all out of love. There you go. All right. Well, I got to tell you, I think uh, Joe's going to start uh, fawning over me because I got. A nice stack of movies over here. All right. High quality. By the way, the soundboard's back. Is there anything that you wanted to hear that you haven't heard for a while? There was a request. Um, I don't even want to say it because we want to hear the soundboard say it. Was uh, it? Curtis, Curtis was making a request. Was it? Axelot Kirkoon. Was it that one? Oh, that's Did a lot slower than I remember. You know what? There. Uh, let's see. Did I fix that one? Uh, I can't find it. It was having problems playing some MP3s a little bit slower, but I, I converted most of them to WAV files, and uh, it seemed to have no. It's not the WAV file. Akvalet Kirkun. Yeah, no, that's right. That's it was right, just Steve. how it was. Yeah. It has been like twelve years since we said. Nah, has it been that long? I have no idea. Also got sauce here. Nom, 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 nom. 
That is a little slower. Those are see, those are MP3s. I yeah. fixed. I, I made sure Melissa's was right. Our the Fandango Queen here. Back that ass up. Made sure that was right. Mm -hmm. uh, made sure uh, Cliffy was right. What's up with that? And, What's up with that? Yeah. We're gonna get some fresh samples from people. There you go. I redeemed myself. Just with that. Just with that. Oh, and of course, uh, which one is uh, J-Rock? That one. Uh, hey, hey, guys. Go. He's back. <laughs> no. There you go. We finally got J-Rock back on the show. Hey. Okay. Movies. Yeah. Go. <laughs> Want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. Um uh, last time I, I talked about uh, this shop I went to, it was uh, going out of business, shutting down, and it was like uh, stuff was up to seventy percent off. I had a funny feeling because they had their final weekend uh, last weekend, and I had a funny feeling maybe those prices are gonna, those those deals are gonna get better the last day. Maybe they're just gonna blow things out. Yeah. And so then all movies, uh, if you bought a certain amount, they would go to ninety percent off. I was like, okay, I'm grabbing some more movies, cheap movies. Uh, and I had to buy at least 10. So there are some stinkers in here that just overall brought everything down to roughly a dollar a piece, or in some cases, like 30 cents a piece, depending on what it was. Um, I've got, I've got uh, only one Blu-ray of the bunch. I didn't really, I didn't really want this. But it was one of those you got to get something. So I got a, a copy of Watchmen. Okay. On Blu-ray, which I, I've seen before. It's okay. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's honestly a pretty good movie. It's just I'd rather watch the comic, uh, read the comic. So. Yeah, I, I thought it was okay too. It's all right. It's all right. Um, some others in that. Uh, I'll start with the ones that I haven't seen because some of these I started watching. Um, October Sky. Have you ever seen this? No. Um, it's got Laura Dern in it. Okay. I like Laura Dern. Yeah. Um, what's getting here? I, I got a copy of AI, which mm. I've really been wanting to watch again because I remember not being thrilled with this movie. Yeah, me too. But uh, I, I kind of want to give it another go. Yeah, I, I need to give it another watch too. Uh, oh, October Curtis Sky says is great. There you go. All right. I got a winner. Two thumbs up. Um, speaking of two thumbs up, I got The Pianist. Ah, that's a good movie. Which I've never seen this one. It's not either. It's not like a delightful watch. <laughs> it's I, 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 yeah, I know. That's probably one of the reasons I've never really watched it is because sometimes it's hard to sit down and, and feel like you got punched in the stomach yeah. watching a movie. Yeah. Yeah. One of those movies that does that for sure. It's like Schindler's List. Good, uh, important, but yeah. No, this one I've heard nothing but bad things about. Gothica with Halle Berry. This is yeah. when she uh, decided she wanted to be like a serious. Like, no, no, no. This was uh, some kind of creepy horror or something. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard good things about it. Yes. Uh, but it does feature in the the special features here behind blue eyes by limp biscuit <laughs> well yes. there you go so. wow that's a reason to pick up a dvd right there there you go 
<laughs> more like more like Nautica. Nautica. <laughs> Curtis, you're on a roll. I guess Curtis has seen all these. Sports. I know. I don't need the soundboard. We got Curtis. Yeah. We just have no. to. Uh... <laughs> there you go. Um, I've never seen this either. The Omen. That's good. 25th anniversary edition. Yeah. Hmm. It's, uh, okay. it's, you know, it's kind of been like, it's one of those movies that's kind of been done. You know, like. When did this movie come out? Uh, Mid 70s. Like it's kind of been like uh, I think a lot of the movie's originality has been become tropes over the years, you know, the creepy kid and all that stuff. So okay, but, well, yeah, you know, if you go back, if you can put that out of your head and see like where, you know, one of the earlier films. I don't know if this is the first one to do it or at least one of the earlier ones. And most importantly, the second Doctor is uh, is one of the actors in that has a smaller role as a priest, Patrick Troughton. I think that's his name. What do you mean, smaller actors or all of the priests? So, the second Doctor from Doctor Who. The second Doctor. Oh, okay. I, I don't know what you're talking <laughs> Sorry, about. Sorry, I, I was speaking geek. And uh, yeah. when I say the Doctor, most people know who I'm talking about. But I, I, I immediately thought of, um, of Bobby Picardo when you said Doctor. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. um, Mrs. Doubtfire. This one still sealed. Oh, oh, meet the parents. Oh, I got like 12 copies of that. (laughs) I have never seen it. And this one cost uh, over 4,000 yen. Wow. When it was in the shops. That's uh, that's one of my uh, wife's favorite movies. Sarah, some people call it. Oh, yeah. uh, I know they went on to make like, um, I don't know, like a couple of sequels that. I've never seen any of them. Uh, You know, the first one was a little bit like lightning in a bottle. And then the second one, you know, was more money, more money. eh, Trying to get the lightning back in the bottle and it's not working. Hmm. Mrs. Doubtfire is one of Curtis's favorite comedies of all time. Uh, I haven't seen it in a very long time. I've seen it multiple times when I was younger, but. uh, I just, I I don't know how they, they cannot see that it's Robin Williams. He talks like Robin ass. Williams. <laughs> he looks like Robin Williams. He's moving around like, how could you not know that's not Robin Williams? We're going to try an experiment. Okay. One of these days, I'm going to put on the whole getup. I'm going to put on a fake mask. <laughs> I'm going to wear different clothes. I'm going to put on a funny voice. Okay. And you'll see. All right. I, I bet you for at least five minutes, you're going to be confused. All right, Joe has a question here. It's like, do you guys ever get surprised when you hear someone say they haven't seen an older movie yet? No, uh, because it's true for me. Me too. So. Like sometimes there's just movies that just escape you. Like you mean to watch them. Everybody's seen them. You mean yeah. to get to them, but it eludes you for whatever reason. So. Yeah, I, I've still I, – I could uh, shock you all with the movies I've never seen. I've still never seen uh, Saving Private Ryan. That's I've never thing. seen Scarface. That's good. Uh, I've never seen Dog Day Afternoon, which I also picked up. And this was a, an old rental copy. It's got the old rental case. Now, does that one have the documentary uh, on it? Uh, about uh, uh, What's his face? I can't tell because there's a sticker covering part of this. But I, I don't think 
So I'm blanking on his name. Blanking on who? Uh, so there's a guy. He was in the 70s. He mm-hmm. played Fredo in the Godfather one and two. Uh-huh. And he only did five movies, but all five of those movies were incredible blockbusters. He was in The Godfather oh. 1 and 2, Dog Day Afternoon, um, The Deer Hunter, and one more. Is, is yeah, that's guy? him. That's him. I'm like, John. See, I knew I knew Curtis would have it. John Cazale. Cazale. John Cazale, yeah. He's uh, second build here. Oh, I didn't know Sal. he was right to Meryl Street. Conversation. Oh, then he doesn't need to do anything else. He's got no. so much money. Well, he no, he he died. That's why he didn't do any more. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. So, I guess I should have finished that story. Uh, you know, yeah. And when I I saw this in the store, I picked it up solely because I remember Curtis telling me I should watch this, and I just never got around to it. All right. All nominated and or mm-hmm. one best picture. Those were all the films that he were. Okay, I've got uh, another mixture here. Some of these are from different shops. I, I did this was another rental copy. I picked up Highlander, which I remember turning off when we watched it on Film Dango. I couldn't get through it. Yeah, I watched it last night. It still sucks. Yeah, I I don't understand the appeal to that movie at all. The concept is what people like, and probably a couple of lines of dialogue here and there. It is a good a concept. It is. It just it's doesn't a, make any sense. The whole movie yeah. I mean, well, they continued. They made a couple more movies. They had a TV, TV show. show they, yeah. they, they did a bunch shows. of things with it. Two TV shows. There was the high or Highlander, and then Highlander the Raven. Uh, do you know this because you aired these shows? Yes, that's I did. A, that's an odd bit of trivia for you to spit out so easily. Yes, because they were they were cheap television shows that my cheap uh, television station that I worked at could afford to air. I don't know, but Curtis says they were all nominated and mm, or won Best no, Picture. No, he's talking about the Johnny C's movie here, Kazal. That's uh-huh. how you say it. Or is it Kazali? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, this was another rental pickup, Moonrise Kingdom, Wes Anderson movie. Oh, I like that movie. I, I hope to like it because, honestly, I'm on the edge with Wes Anderson movies. I oh, me too. I love them and hate them. Yeah, they're hit or miss. That, to me, that was an absolute hit. That, that's a gem of a film. I actually bought the Criterion Collection version of it because I liked it so much. I don't know how you'll feel about it. It's It does have child actors in it. Yeah, I noticed that, and um, I was debating on it, and then my wife pointed out, oh, it's only like 90 minutes. All right. Yeah, it is a short film. Curtis is a fan of The Highlander. He says it's preposterous, but it's got that guilty pleasure 80s cheese vibe going for it. There, There is a little something to the uh, the Christopher Lambert's performance and everything where it's, it's kind of weird. And I, I didn't realize that... Um, Clancy Brown plays the the villain in there, so that's kind of fun. There you go. Every Kurt's time I not... see Clancy Brown in anything, I just think of uh, Mr. Crab from SpongeBob. And Curtis is not a Wes Anderson fan, but he really dug Moonrise. There you go. Okay. I, I lied. I do have one more Blu-ray here, and it's a 3D Blu-ray. You don't have to watch it in 3D, though. <laughs> oh, there no, you go. Got, That's why I you got need. my uh, my Mila Jovovich obsession here. Biohazard. Again, it's 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 um it's all about the Alice, and and this one uh, 
yeah, I, I will not watch. I don't have a 3D Blu-ray player. But um, I think this might be the second or third 3D movie that I have. 3D movies won't play in a regular Blu-ray player? No, they won't. And, oh. um, I, and everybody has given up on it, apparently, because whenever I see a 3D Blu-ray in the shops, they're super cheap because mm. nobody wants them. Yeah, well, I find I, I'm not a fan of 3D myself, so I, mm. I've avoided them like the plague. Queen did the whole soundtrack for Moonrise Kingdom? It's amazing. <laughs> uh, no, the music for Highlander is good because Queen yeah. did it. But I used I, to have the soundtrack. Actually, I, I got to be talking about a movie soundtrack soon, so I shouldn't. Okay. Well, let me speed through these so you can get to yours. Some of these are... Um, no need to speed. Let's do... All right. Take my time then. Take your time. We're, we're in no hurry. Okay. These are movies that I picked up recently that I, I did watch. Uh, I'll start with ones that I've mentioned before. Uh, my Chuck Norris action pack. Uh, I watched three of the four. I watched uh, Missing in Action, Code of Silence, and Lone Wolf McQuaid. And they and what, are Chuck Norris movies. And what's the fourth one? What's the fourth uh, one? The Delta Force. Oh, okay. Which I haven't watched because that one's like two hours. The others were 90 minutes. I got to admit, though, one of these, I believe it was Lone Wolf McQuaid, was, was pretty good. Code of Silence was actually pretty good, too, in a Chuck Norris movie kind of way. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid uh, has Chakotay from Voyager. Oh, a, a very young Robert Beltran. Um, I also watched Sister Act. <laughs> nice. And I got to say, I still really like Sister Act. It's such yeah. a crowd pleaser of a movie. It is a good movie. Nothing wrong with Sister Act. Oh, mistake. One more Blu-ray. I also watched Hard Target with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Okay. It's, it's not a good movie, but it sure is a fun movie. Okay. Uh, I once thought I'd ironically watch all a bunch of Chuck Norris films. I bought and began with Lone Wolf McQuaid. That was my chronic marathon began and ended. Lone Wolf McQuaid. Lone it's, Wolf McQuaid. Or, oh, sorry. It's, it's, you know, it's kind of the, um, I'm guessing Walker, Texas Ranger was kind of based on that role because he is a Texas Ranger in that movie. So maybe due to some licensing issues, they had to uh, change the name or whatever. Probably. He's essentially doing the same character. Or he really just likes Texas Rangers. I watched Bats. Oh, is that like the old one? The old uh, this is Lou Diamond film. Oh, Phillips. Okay. And Dina Mayer. You know this? I've never heard of this before. Well, I know that there, there was an old, like, um, like, horror film called bats and for some reason it's not lumped in with the other monster movie ones because i guess it's not really like a monster it's like a they're just bats mm -hmm. but it's like of that era and then <laughs> yeah they remade it that looks like it belongs on tubi <laughs> does it is it's it's terrible it's terrible and i'm really sick of this i've seen so many movies lately that copy the opening to jurassic park where they're at the, we're di they're digging up the dinosaur fossil, and then the helicopter comes down, 
and then Hammond comes to recruit them for something. Like I've seen that in so many movies now where I, I, I want to say Jurassic Park might have been the first one to do it, but they, they do it in this. They do it in Alien versus Predator. Um, I watched some garbage movie on Netflix called Troll a little while ago. They do it in that. It's just there's always somebody working. Helicopter lands. Says, we need you. You're an expert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a cliche for sure. Yeah. It's very frustrating. Curtis has seen movie. Hmm? Curtis has seen bats at the video store, but he never watched it. He wanted you to know that it it does have a good cover. It was creative to create, flip yeah. the title upside down. Yeah, it's complete garbage. Hmm. Poor Lou Diamond Phillips. I, I do like Lou Diamond Phillips. He seems like a nice guy. He just doesn't seem to have any uh, good movies in him. No, he was in the Young Guns movies. That's right, and La Bamba. Was that a good movie? I've never seen that. I don't like them. Mm. Uh, Joe wants to know if Bats came out the same time as Arachnophobia. What year did Bats um, come out? Bats was 1999. Arachnophobia oh. was early 90s. Yeah, Bats is way. I saw that in the theater. Um, okay, we're getting to movies that I watched that I did enjoy um, somewhat. Um, I... I found finally got a hey, copy of Twins. Right on. And I didn't realize four by three. Ah, full screen. Damn yeah. You. Early they DVDs. Got me. I gotta you know, switch that out. All right, this one I watched. Again, this was like I got it for like thirty cents or something. Um, I kind of liked parts of it. I did not <laughs> okay. like most of it. Abraham Lincoln Vampire oh. Hunter. Okay. I've been curious it, about that movie. Well, yeah, you know what you're getting. But I was thought, all right, is there at least going to be something kind of fun? And yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's just such a stupid idea. And I don't mind stupid idea if it's entertaining. But eh, you don't even worry about that. Okay. So I don't need to see it. No. All right, now we're getting to the, the good stuff. Even this one, I enjoyed it, but I thought I was going to enjoy this more. The Full Monty. Okay. That's one, another one of Sarah's favorites. It's not bad. It's, it's, it's got some really good moments. I laughed out loud at a couple of parts. Uh, but I, I don't know. For some reason, it felt a little slow. I thought they were going to you know, go for a little more edge. Oh. I'm getting compliments on my uh, hoodie, so I have to call up that. <laughs> Thank me for the Sam the Record Man hoodie. Uh, this was Abraham... a Christmas gift from Sarah. I remember that post. Uh, right. Joe there, I thought Abraham was too realistic. I was looking for something <laughs> more fantasy-like. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's the big thing. Is I, I'm assuming... I know this was based on a book, and I'm assuming the author was American. And this just shows you what people think of their their history and their culture. I don't know. Okay, two good movies now. Um, I did watch Do the Right Thing. Okay. I very much enjoyed it. I, I, I really enjoyed it. More than enjoying it, I was very impressed by how well Spike Lee juggled, like, so many characters yeah. in one story. Yeah, I agree with that. And that they they all felt like they were developed enough. You know, some of them were were you know little side characters, but um, 
very effective. There's only a couple little nitpicks I have with the movie, but overall it was very good. I got to say that might be the only Spike Lee film that I truly enjoyed. Well, he he start he got such a name for himself as being uh like the independent filmmaker. You know, he he got a a good buzz off of his first couple of movies and then he went mainstream Hollywood. And you like his his movies are so forgettable. Mm-hmm. Like some of the ones that you, uh, I've seen that are just kind of regular mainstream, and there's nothing there. If he, because the content isn't there, he had something to say about life in the city, you know, and and the the like in this movie, all the racial tension of people being together in this one block. Um, but when he does like right like Inside Man, that sounds like a bland Hollywood movie that some no name. They, they would get to direct it. I'm I'm not sure what that is. I don't even know what it is either. I know I saw one. I believe it was his movie. Did he did he do the remake of like Old Boy with Josh Brolin? I want to say that was his movie. I don't know. It was terrible. Hmm. Oh, hang on a second. There's Spike Lee. Oh, Black Joints. Black Klansman. That was pretty good. Was that him? Yeah. I think so. What did I give that? Yeah, three and a half stars. So that was good. Um, um, oh, she's that- got to have it. Mo Better Blues, Bamboozled, Crooklyn. I haven't seen most of these. No, the Five Bloods. That was awful. Oh, I gave it three stars. See, my memory's weird, man. <laughs> my memory's weird. Like three stars means I liked it enough, but I remember there was some really dumb things in it. Oh my goodness! See, a lot of times if I oh, say Jungle I hate a movie, Fever, that was a big one. I think those are the only ones I've seen. Okay. Yeah. Well, oh, Malcolm X, I watched a long time ago. I don't remember it too much. One thing I thought was extremely interesting, and I had to look this up. I was amazed. Uh, in uh, I had watched Sister Act, and then I watched Do the Right Thing. Bill Nunn, the actor, is in both of these. In uh, Do the Right Thing, he plays Radio Rahim, who I I believe is meant to be like a teenage, early 20s kind of character. Because I thought, yeah, he looks like a young guy. And when they refer to him at the end of the movie, they're they're like, oh, spoilers. You didn't have to kill the boy, you know, like he's a young kid. He's also in Sister Act, and he looks like he's 45 years old. These <laughs> movies were made three years apart. It's insane. That's, that's a good actor. Oh, I mean, I range. guess the, the mustache and the and the blazer does a so, lot for you. Sometimes that's all it takes, yeah. Yeah, he remade Old Boy. Yuck, okay. Old Boy. That movie, like, I, I know that it was a remake, and I've never seen the original, and the original gets some praise, but the re- uh, yuck is exactly right. That's how you feel after watching that movie. Um, here's another one I was really looking forward to. Oh, hey, it's Bill. Oh, you missed a lot, Bill. You got to go yeah, back. Yeah, you sure did. You missed listening to your own voice. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And Gary... Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the 1978-79. Donald Sutherland one. Donald Sutherland, Leonard yep. Nimoy. Yes. Really good. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. This was great. 
How about that ending? Oh, I finally, <laughs> I finally get the gift now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I loved it. it, it was, this is a really entertaining movie. Um, okay. I just got two more things. These are uh, just things that I ordered online because I saw them and they were good price. So I wanted them. Um, I got the Critters Collection. It's got all four Critters movies. I don't know oh. if you've ever seen the Critters. I haven't seen any of them, but I know people um, who are looking in to collect them. The first two were on TV all the time when I was a kid, and I could only get it as a uh, an import. Uh, this is a, a European Region 2 DVD, um, but it was cheap. And I don't know. I've heard only bad things about three and four, but I guess I'll watch them at some point. And I also got the Naked Gun trilogy. Right on. There we go. All my stuff. Wow. That's quite, that's all you picked up just within the last. Well, no, some of these I had, but uh, like I said, it was that store was going out of business. So you had to buy a bunch of things to get them cheap. And then it just, I happened to pick up. So what what was the total cost of of, uh, what you bought? Do you remember? Oh, um, it, it wasn't much. It, it was probably like a little over ten bucks for the you know the stack at the the one yep. shop. Yeah. And then um, some of these like the rental ones, the the rental shop near me occasionally they they purge their old stock, and they're remaking Naked Gun with Liam Neeson. No, that's not real. Curtis, what's your source? No. <laughs> Uh, is that they, they, no there was there was a critter in the toilet in in uh, the first movie uh, Fox is just reacting to the chat now if you're oh, listening sorry, to yeah. <laughs> people are uh, commenting on critters and if there was a critter in the toilet uh, there's your reference okay that's a dangerous um, part of, of the chat the chat giveth and the chat taketh away <laughs> Uh, so I, um, yeah, the rental stuff, you know, they do it like you, you get, uh, three for, for 10 bucks, five for 10 bucks. They change the deal up here and there. So I, I will go check them out. Maybe I'll okay. even check them out uh, this weekend. Sometimes they have a better deal on the weekend. I've seen critters says rocket sauce. Uh, I got to go back to this naked gun remaking. Why would they do that? That's just like, just. There's nothing to remake there. Just leave that. You can't. It, it's like remaking Ernest. You can't change. You can't top the performance. But they, they'll still try and they'll fail and they'll make a couple of bucks and that's it. I mean, I suppose the closest they they had come to, I think, pulling it off. I think Steve Martin actually did a pretty good job as uh, Inspector Clouseau in the first movie, anyways. Um, but I mean, you got to have someone of the caliber of Steve Martin to to pull that off. I don't think Liam Neeson is is that. Uh, Now there's a whole debate uh, about Liam Neeson. Mm. Uh, Have you not seen Taken? I've seen Taken. I didn't think it was that great. Made no sense. I've never seen Taken. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Sauce the giant ball was in part two. Okay. Just so you know. All right. Um, what do we want to start with? Do you want to start with, uh, 
Well, let's see. I watched the Chuck Norris movie. Do you want to start with that? Or... Oh, yeah. Okay. Great segue from All right. like 15 minutes ago. Here's my Chuck Norris movie that I watched. We watched this. So Sarah and I have been having bad movie night, uh, sometimes with people over, sometimes just on our own. Look at uh, you being all social and having people in your house. The first one, the first uh, bad movie night we did, it was uh, the two movies we watched was Samurai Cop, which I don't know if you've heard of, but... I, I've seen it. Okay. Mm. That was uh, hilarious. <laughs> Hilariously bad. <laughs> it was the uh, unintentionally mm. funny film <clears throat> of the night. And the second movie I watched is... Wait, uh, don't you want to talk about all the, the man taint in that movie? Man taint? <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole lot of, like, uh, speedo-wearing okay. samurai. Yeah, yeah, now. that's right. Yes, I, I somehow blocked that out of my memory. I know it was funny <laughs> because... So the way we set things up, because we've been having people over, we changed our setup in the movie room a little bit. And we have two... We have a, a futon on one side and... Uh, a smaller Ikea couch on the other side, a couple of chairs. So everybody has room to sit down and watch the movie. And Sarah was sitting on the futon right up close to the TV. <laughs> and when they, those two actors got together and it was nothing but arse on the, on the TV screen, Sarah was like, ah! <laughs> she was, Where, she, uh, sorry. How did you watch Samurai Cop? Do you have a copy? Was so, it so and so a couple of my friends want to have movie a bad movie night, <clears throat> and um, uh, I said, okay, let's let's set it up, and uh, we set it up, and one of them just bought it. He bought the Blu-ray. He's right. like, I gotta have this movie in my collection, so he bought it, and I don't think he made a mistake. It's it's. Uh, well, if you're the way you watched it is probably yeah. the perfect way. I mean, you could not watch that movie by yourself in any sort of serious way because. Um, I did. You you watched it in a serious oh, way. Well, like, no, I knew what it was, but okay. I did watch it on my own. Do you know any of the story behind that movie? I don't know any of the. I don't. Um, I I do believe that the filmmaker was not American. Right, and he wanted to come over to America and make an American film or a film that would appeal to Americans, and that's what he came up with. And it's and I and I believe the film was. Uh, you know, there's kind of the, the famous scene is like his hat comes off, the wig falls off and everything. Yes. yes. So obviously, you know, they, they shot it in two different batches. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, he, so they shot, it, it's really weird because they shot the movie apparently, and then they had to come back and do reshoots. And the main character in the movie has this big, long mane of hair. And when he came back to do the reshoots, he cut it all off. And so they had to do, half the movie with him wearing this wig and he has a ball cap on to keep the wig on because the wig mm -hmm. kept flying off. But the odd thing is, is that I would say at least 60% of the movie is him with the wig on. And I'm like, yeah. what are, how are all these, the reshoots? Like a reshoot mm -hmm. is like, Oh, this scene didn't work or whatever. We got to redo this scene. That's, yeah. that's your reshoot. Or you know, that might happen like three or four times throughout the movie. 60% of this movie needs to be, needed to be reshot. Yeah. <laughs> and then apparently like uh, he got reaction shots from, from actors like months after they shot initial scenes. So like colors don't match. The backgrounds mm. are different. Uh, it, it's, 
it's something else. It is something else to see. So yeah. keep an eye out for Samurai Cop. So that was the unintentionally funny movie that we watched. And then we watched a sort of intentionally bad uh, film called mm-hmm. Velocipaster. <laughs> Wait, say that again? Velocipaster. So Velocipaster, this is, as uh, in like, like, uh, like a priest? He is a priest <laughs> who gets possessed <laughs> by a velociraptor. All right. And uh, proceeds to uh, kill people. Mm-hmm. Now, I was told a few scenes of this movie before we watched it. One of them was that uh, there is a car explosion. And instead of seeing the car explode, there's just a graphic that comes up on the screen that says VFX semicolon car explosion. <laughs> Now, I thought, okay, we're going to get to that at some point. But that's almost the opening of the movie, Hmm. right at the start. Uh, And then the Velocipasters, you know, I'm expecting some really bad CG, right? Like, that's going to be the the look of the Velocipaster. They paid some guy, you know, $300 to do the graphics. No, it's a guy in a rubber suit. It's a guy in a rubber suit. And... That that's better than a terrible, you know, CGI. I don't know. Effect. I th- I think I think you would really like that movie though. I think that's a movie that I got to get to Richard somehow. Maybe uh, we can get uh, Creepy Josh uh, when he listens to this to put it in the uh, in the Plex. For oh you. right, right. So you can check that out. Velocipaster. It is only ninety minutes. <laughs> well, it it also sounds kind of like a movie that is intentionally trying to be that like it's so bad it's entertaining. Yes, and I like and the, I, the VFX thing. When you mention that, it sounds like if you did that, like if that were a naked gun gag, and you had somebody with talent pull that off in like a mainstream movie where you're supposed to have an explosion, but they they set it up like they don't have the budget or something. And then they did that. That could be a really funny gag. It sounds like they went for the same thing in this movie, but it's just like, eh, nah, you're not. You're Listen, not, you got to give it. it. I, I wasn't sold on it as well because I unintentionally funny is way funnier than intentionally funny any day of the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm telling you, they made it work. They made it work in this. Movie. Right. I was laughing. My, ass off had nothing to drink no fancy no no wobbly drinks or anything like that i was i was straight and i watched it mm-hmm. and it's it's an experience if you will oddly no one in the chat has any comments about no they haven't seen Velocipaster. come on come on curtis what do you have to say about Velocipaster? <laughs> okay so the chuck norris movie i watched maybe he was in Velocipaster, and that's why he's keeping quiet uh, the Chuck Norris movie I watched. Now, unfortunately, I hate the cover on this because this DVD came out in like 2002 or something like that. So it's a more modern cover. I wish it was the classic cover. But I watched a movie called Breaker Breaker. Oh, I was curious about that. He rides, he he drives a big truck. Well, it's, it's funny. A mo- for a movie that's called Breaker Breaker, um, there's not much trucking in it. Um, he does it, it's more of his brother that drives the truck mm-hmm. and he gets fooled into going into this small town um, who does this regularly they they sucker trucks into coming into their small town and then it's like oh it's gonna cost you you know 
$500 to fix this truck kind of thing. And then, you know, then he's got to, he doesn't have the money. So he's got to go before the judge. The judge throws him in jail. He's got perishable food. He's got perishable uh, TV dinners on his uh, truck that he needs to uh, deliver. So mm-hmm. then uh, Chuck Norris has to go in and, and save him. Uh, the movie uh, was shot in 11 days. And it mm-hmm. looks like it and feels like it was shot in about half that amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very stiff and wooden. It is boring in parts, but it is also entertaining in uh, many other parts. And as I was watching it, I was like, I have seen parts of this movie somewhere. Like there were scenes that were happening. I'm like, I remember this. I remember this. I don't know where it was. And uh, Conan O'Brien used to have this uh, fake oh, machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the Walker, Texas Ranger machine where he'd pull a lever and it would play a clip from Walker, Texas Ranger. And it was always out of context and it was always like hilarious. Well, apparently one night he had a Walker, Texas Ranger machine and a breaker breaker machine. And that's where okay. I had seen some of the clips before. So, Yeah. Those, uh, I don't know that Chuck Norris acting. He, he sure knows how to open his mouth. And it, uh, it, yeah. It uh, it was some some acting. Okay, I have little. Mm-hmm. Curtis says I have little patience for films trying to be bad. Mm-hmm. I, I tell you, they, they sometimes it works. Sometimes it works. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, and yes, it does. It uh, Velocipaster. I might be on Tubi. It might be. We watched mm-hmm. it on DVD, but it might be. Okay, uh, so that was. Uh, the bad movies. Oh no! Here's another bad movie I watched. In- intentionally, I tried to watch uh, Bulletproof Monk with right, yeah. and Sean William Scott. Uh, this might be one of the worst movies I have ever seen. It, <laughs> big, it's it's probably it's still worse. It's still up there, but this was pretty close. Again, uh, it's great to see early two thousands Toronto before they renovated the whole place. So it's awesome to see, like, uh, you know, the downtown core and all that as it was uh, 25 years ago. But, um, yeah, this is uh, awful. His character doesn't work. His character doesn't work. This character doesn't. None of these characters work. It's all wire foo. But he's got two guns. And he probably shoots them at the same time. And he's supposed to be a monk. But he's got guns. I don't know. Hmm. It It was pretty bad. Did not like that one. Okay. Um, another movie I did not like. So as you may recall, I had watched the sixth sense. Yeah. It's a movie I wanted to watch for a while again. And I, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. I love the pacing of it. I, it was excellent film. So I wanted to give some more M night Shyamalan, a ding long, uh, a, a chance. So I grabbed myself my copy of unbreakable. Mm-hmm. And as I watched unbreakable, I was looking at my DVD Limited edition copy of Unbreakable. Wait, so you went out and bought a new copy, even though you already had one? So I had this. Uh-huh. I had this for, for a while. A uh-huh. long time. And then when I was out uh, thrifting, I, I had found this DVD copy of it. And uh, it was just such a cool case, you know. Yeah. Sometimes uh, just, you got to buy the package. Right, right. And I mean, it was, you know, two ninety nine, right? For this thing. So I'm like, I really got to watch this movie. This like I don't even know if I like it. 
And mm. uh, I watched it, and what a snooze fest. Both of them can go back to the thrift stores. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I saw it once a long time ago. I got fuzzy memories. It's, uh, it's funny because um, the story is not as good as The Sixth Sense. The um, twist in the movie is not as good as, as The Sixth Sense. But Shyamalan still wants to do all the same beats as, as The Sixth Sense. So, like, for instance, when the uh, reveal, the twist comes out, and I'm sitting, and like, when it, when it happens in The Sixth Sense, you're like, oh, my goodness, I want to watch this movie again. I can't believe that just happened. I want to see like what I what I missed, and when I watched it again this time, I was looking for like what are the tricks, and it's very clever done. Like it, it, the the twist in that movie is very clever. In this movie, it's just like, oh okay, but the, the movie is acting like as if it's just revealed like this amazing thing to you, and it's like it, it's really not that amazing. It's not that. A lot of the movie doesn't make any sense. Um, I don't know if I should talk about the ending. I don't know if I should talk about the twist. I don't know what the heck I should talk about. I'm just saying. Uh, let's see. What are people saying here? Uh, let's see. I am, I am waiting to forget the twist until I watch Sixth Sense again. I don't think you'll ever forget it, Curtis. Yeah, that is a... Me too. That's why I've never seen it because I'm waiting <laughs> to forget the ending. Uh, okay, so Curtis says, I like Unbreakable. Deconstruction of the superhero genre. I think he nails... I, I can't get into it unless I, I spoil the movie. So I, I don't know if I want to spoil the movie. Is there anybody else out there? Because I know the ending. I've seen it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't I, like it's one of those movies that I just don't want to. I'll tell like, you, I, the, sorry. One ahead. of the reasons that I am interested in watching it again is because he connected it to a couple of other movies yeah, uh, yeah. later on. Which apparently and is a spoiler. I, I did. Uh, I, I do remember enjoying Split. Uh, I, I I think I had some issues with it, but overall I liked it. And I'm kind of curious about the one that came after that. Glass, I think it's called. Well, I, uh, you know, it's a weird thing with 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 him. Like Fra my buddy Frank said it best. It's like I don't like too many M Night Shyamalan movies, mm -hmm. but I want to watch them. <laughs> I still want to see them. Because yeah, there's like a curiosity I, uh, involved in them. And, eh, yeah, I guess I kind of agree with that. So, But you can't blame him. I mean, the guy, when The Sixth Sense came out and it was such a huge hit, he, he went straight to the top, you know, and then it was like, okay, what do you got next? And no. like, oh, well, uh, I, I guess I can uh, try doing that again. Well, that's that's what I mean. Like the the story didn't warrant that kind of uh, those kind of beats and that kind of film. You know, I think if it, they just would have came out right off the top with what's going on, it would have been fine. You know, but uh, instead, it's like to me, it was just really long, really drawn out. The pacing wasn't there. I, I was just like, let's get on with it. Let's let's go already. Okay. Um, what do we got next? Okay, so I've continued my uh, pilgrimage with the Kevin Smith uh, films. Mm -hmm. um, I watched Clerks 2 on HD mm -hmm. DVD, and uh, I enjoyed it. It, it holds up. Uh, still a funny movie. Again, it kind of 
falls under the same beats that uh, you know Kevin Smith uh, used in Clerks, but I mean it's Clerks too. So uh, I like it when he is using like you know part of his uh, really when he's put using putting part of his life into movies. I think that's when he is uh, at his best. So that was good. Uh, I watched uh, Zach and Miri make a porno. I actually watched it with Sarah, and it's funny when I said. Hey, uh, my next movie, my next Kevin Smith movie is Zach and Miri make a porno. And she said, oh, okay, yeah, I'll watch that with you. I remember it being good. And then she says, but it's just Zach and Miri, right? And I said, no, it's Zach and Miri make a porno. She's like, but on your Blu-ray, it says just Zach and Miri. And sure enough, I went and checked and it says just Zach and Miri. And then on the side, just Zach and Miri. Hmm. Isn't that censorship, weird? huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess they uh, didn't want the porno word, or maybe they didn't want it to be confused with the porno or something. Well, but, yeah, I, well, I'm assuming it's an R rating. It is an R rating. Um, so it's not like, you know, something kids would accidentally pick up, you know, or parents. Uh, I, I guess it, it's got to be marketing. They got to feel like, well, that's going to hurt our sales or distribution in some way. Take it off. Just like how you add a subtitle to a movie to make it more appealing, like answer the call. Um, yeah. Um, I, I'd be curious to know what you think of this movie because it's not um, very Kevin Smith-ish. It's like Kevin Smith kind of light. He kind of went for definitely a more mainstream audience with it. Seth Rogen, um, I know you don't like Seth Rogen, but in this movie, he's very low, like he's trying to be a leading man kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he and he really works at being charming. Uh, and, and I think he pulls it off. And uh, I think this is probably one of the best Kevin's, uh, movies that Kevin Smith has done. Uh, it was funny. If I, have, if I ever come across it, I'll give it a shot. And... I think that, um, well, again, he like he puts his own his own life into it, right? Like uh, part of the movie is they, they make a porno. And it's like, where are we going to shoot the porno? Well, why don't I shoot it where I work kind of thing, which is what Kevin Smith did with the first movie, right? Clerks, like he shot Clerks mm-hmm. at where he works at, at night. So good stuff. Uh, Curtis says Kevin Smith films are either your thing or not. There's not much in between. See, I find I find his movies hit or miss. There are ones that I really like, and then ones that are just I, I don't get. So I uh, can't wait until you get to Red State and Tusk. I really dug those. Okay, well, Curtis dug those. I right now my next one is Red State. So keep it locked in here. And Curtis agrees that Zach and Mary is underrated. And for the record, he thinks that I will hate Red State and Tusk. Okay, well, <laughs> should be interesting. Okay, so then the final... I didn't realize that he had made so many movies. Uh, well, he's been around for 30 years. So, you know, you make yeah. a movie every two, three years. They, they add up. Uh, so then the final uh, Kevin Smith movie I watched was uh, Cop Out, which is a lot of people don't uh, see this as a Kevin Smith movie because he didn't write it. But uh, when I watched this time, I did see a lot of his writing and style in the film. So I, I'm sure he doctored a lot of the, the script. 
Um, this movie is infamous for Kevin Smith and Bruce Willis not getting along. Mm-hmm. Kevin Smith has been very vocal about how much he did not get along with Bruce Willis in the movie. Since has backtracked a lot of what he said or backpedaled uh, because uh, the whole uh, outcome with uh, Bruce uh, Bruce Willis's uh, health issues and uh, all that. I mean, he had his opinion long before he knew that. I don't think it's necessary to backpedal unless he's just doing the Hollywood thing. I think he's doing the Hollywood thing. Because he was thing. just because uh, oh. I. Even though I've never seen it, I don't watch a lot of Kevin Smith movies. I know a lot about uh, his comments uh, about Bruce Willis and that. And if if the guy was just being like a, a jerk and not participating and not wanting to cooperate, he has every right to complain about that. Well, let me tell you something, uh, Richard. See, I'm a little closer to Kevin Smith's age uh, uh, than you are. And with age, you're kind of mellow. You do mellow. And you look back at things and you're like, was that really worth all fighting about? Was that all worth it? Was that just, and, and you just kind of mellow out. And I think that that's what uh, Kevin Smith is doing. He's just kind of mellowing out on the whole thing. Because really, I, from what I understand, Bruce Willis's problem with Kevin Smith was that he was smoking a lot of pot on set. And Bruce Willis was like, that's just not professional kind of thing. And I think that's where the rift was, where, you know, I remember listening to Kevin Smith's podcast from around when Cop Out came out. And he was, like, he was great like just everything was about pot like he was totally into the pot culture mm. and i think a lot of his movie making suffered because of that because he was so obsessed with all that stuff mm. anyways cop out is not um a great movie it's not a movie that i think richard would like in the slightest i'm mm-hmm. i would be shocked if you lasted two minutes watching this movie uh explain uh, because it um i think one of the mistakes kevin smith made there's a lot of good things in the movie but the biggest mistake he made was that he went tracy morgan is over the top right in the film Mm. and he went from zero to 60 in no time the very first scene tracy morgan is like over the top right away he doesn't ease you into Mm. what you're going to be seeing you know like they needed to like let you let you sit in a little bit and like work your way up to Tracy Morgan's craziness. This was just like bam, bam, bam. And the opening scene that that he's doing, he's over the top and it it's one of the weaker scenes in, in the movie. It uh, it's him interrogating uh, a, a prisoner or a, a, a person that they have in custody because uh, they're looking for somebody else. And he, Tracy Morgan just goes in there and just starts yelling quotes from movies. And it's not really making too much sense, right? He's just yelling it in his own voice and just saying like lines from Scarface or whatever. None of it was making too much sense. It, it was even to the point where they, Kevin Smith would cut away to Bruce Willis, who was telling you what movie he was quoting because they were kind of obscure quotes. They weren't quotes that you could easily recognize either. It was just... It was a really bizarre, awkward um, scene. And I, I doubt that many people made a pass. It probably turned a lot of people off. But as the movie moves along, you get a little more used to what Tracy Morgan's doing. Mm-hmm. And I uh, get introduced to, to some other characters. Um, Kevin Pollack uh, plays like the, uh, the uh, there's like another, like, you know, in a buddy cop movie, you have the buddy cops. And then you have the other two cops who are, you know, dicks 
to your buddy cops. Yes, right? yes. But like, mm-hmm. while Kevin uh, Kevin Pollock plays uh, one of those cops, he's only in the movie for maybe about five minutes, but he was gold in all of his uh, scenes. He was he was really funny. Um, and the part I can't remember who played his partner, but he was pretty good too. And uh, Sean William Scott is actually in this movie, a little smaller role, and he, his character kind of works. It's a, it's okay. Um, so there's some good moments in it. Harold Faltermeyer, uh, who you might remember, did the uh, soundtrack for um, Beverly Hills Cop and the Fletch movies. Okay. Um, he is not scoring <clears throat> very many movies since the 80s, but Kevin Smith mm-hmm. got him back to do uh, this uh, soundtrack. And, and it, was, it was quite nice to hear him uh, scoring a movie again. And I wish that, like any time... In the movie when, you know, when they would go to uh, a classic rock song or something like that, I wish that they would just go to the Herald there and just let him score this part of the movie instead of hmm. listening to some tired trope of a song. But, uh, you know, I gave it three stars. I think it was a generous three stars, but it's not terrible. It's not a terrible movie. It's just okay. It's an okay film. Okay. All right. So that's where I'm at with the Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh. I finally watched this movie, classic movie from the 80s, Black Moon Rising. Have you ever seen this? Don't even know what that is. So, it is written by uh, John Carpenter. Okay. Directed by some dude. I don't know who the dude is. Some dude, and right. uh, this movie starts off really well. Uh, yeah, you got your Tommy Lee Jones and your uh, Linda Hamilton. And uh, it's got the John Carpenter kind of music, you know, that that mm-hmm. signature kind of music that he does. Yep. And, um, yeah, he did the story. It doesn't say he did the music on the back, but a lot of the music was like his movies. Anyways, the first hour of this movie, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I found a hidden 80s gem. Nobody talks about this movie, and it is pretty gangbusters. Uh, and he drives like this cool uh, Jeep around. It's good times. And uh, then the movie, the second half of the movie happens and it kind of just falls apart from there. It just kind of becomes like a ordinary story. There's just nothing much to it. Hardly worth your watch. Eh. So I'm on the fence about keeping this one. I don't know if I will ever watch it again. So I might just get rid of it. But it was an okay watch. Maybe stop it after the first hour and just keep that memory and not have to think about the second half of the movie. Okay. Okay, final uh, physical copy of a movie I got is uh, I finally got myself a copy of The 7-Ups. Ooh, that was Shire. good. Yeah. So I had to order this from uh, Jolly Old England. Mm-hmm. As you can see, the Peggy uh, ratings on there because yep. – uh, there was a company called Twilight Time that did have a North American copy of it, but they, they went out of business. They folded, so impossible to get. Luckily, I have a region-free Blu-ray player, so I was finally able to watch this. Sarah and I watched it again last night, and it's great. It's uh, by the same, basically the same team that did Bullet and The mm-hmm. French Connection. For some reason, this is like the third movie in the trilogy. I, I'll grant you it's not as... Uh, strong as those other movies, but it's still a very good film. And I don't know why it's uh, ignored today. Uh, it's exciting. The car chase in here, 
I, I think it's my my personal favorite out of all three of those films. It was good. And um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it uh, watching it. I think this is the third time I've watched it. And yeah, good times. So I was happy to get that in my collection. <clears throat> all right, one more what, movie. Um, uh, sorry, you're, uh, since you're on the topic of the, uh, the Peggy, um, does it say that it's a B or, or something on the back? Or does it yeah, not list it? It usually does. There it is, region B. Okay. It, yeah, I guess uh, that's it. I've, I've noticed that a lot of Blu-rays don't have region coding. Yeah. A certain, like uh, Warner Brothers, Universal, Disney, if they exclusively have distribution rights around the world, then yep. they, you know, they usually don't uh, bother with that. So it's really nice being able to, uh, like, I, I have a German copy of The Silence of the Lambs, just because it was cheaper. Mm. Right. So I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Well, 4K movies uh, apparently are all region free, although I have heard all some right. people say they've run into a region blocked one here and there, but they're supposed to be all region free. Um, the, and then, you know, a lot of the video games are region free now, too, but the movies are still, you know, depending on how, what the distribution rights are or whatever, they're still kind of locked in that. Yeah. Uh, and, At least and it's, it's gotten better since DVD times. Yeah, were DVD there, like, Were there insane. four or five different More. regions? I think there was a few, uh, like, I think there was at least a dozen because they even had, like, one for China. Uh, like, China had its own region. Australia had its own region. It was really, really yeah, insane. That's, that's why I finally um, ordered these uh, DVDs that also have the, the Peggy on them uh, because I, I had... Um, I had one European DVD that I assumed would not play in my uh, DVD player because it's a uh, it's Region Two, but it's PAL, and there's the whole PAL NTSC thing. Right. Yes. But I I figured you know what the heck, just pop it in my Blu-ray player, and it played fine. So I was like, oh, okay, I guess I don't have to worry about that. So now I can start buying uh, Region Two stuff. Now, Kurt's saying he remembers five regions, I'm guessing, for DVD. There's only three mm -hmm. for Blu-ray. Well, I, I think a, a part of it is what uh, Richard was saying. Like, it's the, the PAL NTSC, which you don't really have that problem with um, mm -hmm. the, uh, the HD DVD uh, signal. Um, because I think, I, like, both um, Japan and North America both use NTSC. Right. But on DVD, there were different different regions, right? Right. North America is one, Japan is two, but two is also like Australia and parts of Europe. And I even I had a like an Arabic copy of Unforgiven years ago that was like region two, and it played. But I don't know if it was because of like the region watching it in a different area, or if it was just the quality of the DVD. The sound was out of sync. I like oh. half a second. How do you, get you know, that? these people should just be happy that there's somebody out there still buying physical copies of discs. So let's. Yeah, just I, I would imagine that nowadays maybe yeah. they would be a little looser yeah. on those. I mean, back in the day, it was to combat piracy, right? Because especially in India, it's just seen like piracy is just seen as part of their culture. They don't believe in the whole consumerism about around buying movies. Movies should just be free. 
And it was even rampant around uh, the Southern Ontario area where there would be, um, you know, a, a store that was run by uh, an Indian uh, couple or whatever mom and pop store. And you'd go into the store and it, the entire store would just be full of bootleg and pirate movies. Mm-hmm. Not much of them was North American. They were mostly the Bollywood stuff, but they would, they would have to crack down on them. And, you know, it, it just wasn't seen as part of their part of their cult. It's just, it's just a different culture, the way that they, they viewed those movies. So now Curtis is complaining about the region talk. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. Well, I'm just very happy that North America and Japan are the same region. So it makes it very easy for me to, to buy uh, Blu-rays and not have to worry if they're going to work. Yeah. You know, I think in a drop in the chat so we can just have a conversation and not have to worry about these jerks <laughs> getting bored. Oh, boy. Anyways. Um, what else you got? Okay, so the final movie I wanted to talk to you about, this is a movie I forgot to tell you about. Uh, and it, I watched that, that deep – I don't know if you heard about it, this uh, Deep Space Nine documentary. Oh, What We Left Behind? Yeah, have you seen that? No, I haven't, but I am very curious. Creepy Josh, you got to get this in the Plex for uh, – <laughs> now I'm sounding – Kevin is now sounding like Joe railing against the chat. Uh, at least we have a chat. Jeez. Um, no, it was uh, it was excellent. Creepy Josh, you got to get this in the Plex for Richard because I think you would really enjoy it. It came out in 2018. Mm-hmm. So everybody – ago, huh? Yeah, well, that uh, that's at least uh, when it was copyrighted. It might have taken a while for it to actually come out, mm-hmm. um, but it um, it uh, everybody was still alive. Uh, Odo was still around. Uh, mm-hmm. Nog was still around, um, and they got everybody together to do this uh, documentary, except for Avery Brooks, who only shows up in the fun Archival and the funny footage. thing. The funny thing about it too. Yeah, archival footage. The funny thing about it too is the uh, so it was it's it's really an amazing documentary. It's really something that I I wish every fan of every TV show would get a documentary like this about one of their favorite shows years after it aired because it was done by the the showrunner, mm-hmm. right? And uh, he got he was watching those. Um, you probably don't know about them, but CNN would do like these specials all the time, like the best. Uh, shows from the 90s, best shows from the 80s or whatever. And uh, he was watching this uh, CNN best show from the 90s. And there was a clip about a show called Homicide, Life in the Street or something like that. And it had a a majority of the cast on that show uh, was black. And the talking bubbleheads are talking about the show. And they're like, you know, it was really a unique show at the time because you did not see uh, a black family, uh, you know, leading a show like that. And so that got him all worked up because he's like, we did that on Deep Space Nine. We would mm-hmm. deal with that all the time. So um, that got him stirred up to do this documentary because he felt like as if the show was kind of uh, has been ignored a little bit over time. Uh, so he got everybody back. A- Avery Brooks, Brooks didn't uh, told him the, that he didn't want to do it, but Avery Brooks told him how to make the documentary. And basically said, just don't make it a bunch of talking heads. Actually get people together. Actually have, you know. So there is, uh, so there's that. Them all getting together and talking about uh, their experiences on the show. 
he also gets the writers, like the few, the few main writers of the show, mm-hmm. to get together in a room and carry the series on. Where is everybody now kind of thing? And mm-hmm. they plan it all out. And they start planning it out. They meant it to be like one episode, but they get so like into the groove kind of thing that they almost have like a, a, a season planned by the end of it. And they just kind of stop and say, okay, we've got to stop here. And it was really great to watch uh, the process of how they came together to, to do that show. So it works on so many uh, levels. Um, the, the guy who played uh, Garrick, no, not Garrick, um, Ducat, the guy who played Ducat mm-hmm. is yeah. a piece of work. He is something else. You can tell that it, it's so funny. And one in one part, he was, was like, because he, he keeps complaining about things, right? Like he was kept complaining, like he wasn't uh, shown enough appreciation on the show. He wasn't shown enough love on the show. He wasn't shown enough. And the showrunner is like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. It, the, the way we showed you love is that you were on the show, you know. <laughs> You kept your, your role kept getting bigger. You kept getting more and more scenes. You were a huge part of the show by the time it was done. Like, like, what are you complaining about? And he just like, I just wanted someone to come up to me and say, you did a good job today. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, 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 it's something else. So uh, hmm. yeah, if you're, if, I mean, you gotta be a fan of the show. I don't think you'll, oh, yeah. you'll for anyone who's a D- fan DS9 stuff. is a a much overlooked show. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, people like picking out, uh, you know, oh, first to do this, first to do that, you know, controversy things like that. DS9 dropped an N bomb on primetime television in the early '90s. Mm-hmm. Nobody talks about it. Yeah. Yeah, that they did, and that and they do talk about that episode a lot. It was uh, a lot of their favorite episode because of what the the subject matter that it that it dealt with. It's something that they absolutely wanted to tackle, like that subject matter. You know, there's a lot of fluff on Deep Space Nine. It's not my favorite Star Trek, but you know, it, it when it was working, it was working really well, and uh, yeah. And they managed to cast a main actor who who probably fits the same Shatner type. What, what does Avery Brooks not want to do with, you know, coming into the documentary? He's a weird guy. Like, you see him in those panels and stuff. I remember seeing one, one um, panel he was on, and everyone's sitting there, and someone's asking him a question. And the microphone isn't in a stand, and he's not holding it. It's laying on the table <laughs> and he's just going like this and he's leaning his head down at the microphone as if he, he can't be bothered to pick it up. He's just, he's a strange guy. Yeah. I wish I could remember. There was a, a term that they all used to describe what it was like uh, to work with him. Um, but I can't remember it for the life of me right now. Uh, but it, it was very appropriate, whatever it was. So you'll have to watch. The documentary. I am, I am very curious about that. Yeah, it, it's good, and I believe it wasn't very long, so should fit should fit in your uh, criteria. Let's see, how long was that movie? I could call it up right here in a second. It was. Oh, say. the captain's documentary. Bill's mentioning that. I haven't seen that one either. You know, I, I keep uh, hearing that um, that I should watch that one too. Oh, he says it's not fun. Okay. 
What about, I, I, you know, it was interesting ideas that he's going to interview the captains from all the, the shows. Yeah. And I think he even talked to uh, Chris Pine. Uh, but I heard that it that's the, the setup, but the documentary is kind of focuses all on Shatner. Of course. Some, somehow he gets all those people together, but the focus is on him. Of course. I mean, that just makes sense to me. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me just make sure. I don't think that. I think that was everything I had. Oh, I did watch. Uh, I'll get, Bill's going to get upset with me because I did watch uh, Top Gun Maverick. And I got to say. With the airplanes. I got to say. Now, I only watched it because it was nominated for Best Picture. I did not. Was it really? It. Yeah. Yeah. The Academy's on crack this year, man. They are totally on – they're smoking something hard because that movie was a steaming pile as far as I'm really? concerned. I, I've heard nothing but good things. I, 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 and I read nothing but good things on um, Letterboxd when I went to put my review in. I got some people liking my review, though, some strangers, so I must be on to something. But my goodness, that movie was just awful. The dialogue was, it was like it was written by an eight year old, you know? Let's go get them. Okay. Let's go. Let's, it was like, you know, it was like a little kid playing with their G.I. Joes. Let's go, Joe. Yeah, let's go fight the, ba-. you know? And, oh, my goodness. Every, every, tr- like every member berry from the original movie is there. Like, remember when Tom Cruise rode on the motorcycle and he raced the airplane? That was cool. Remember? When Tom Cruise uh, kissed the girl. Oh, yeah, that's in this movie too. It was so cool. Like, do they play volleyball? They play football in their jeans on the beach. Yeah, I get it. It's not supposed to be. It's well, not supposed to be Shakespeare, but it's at least supposed to be good. And then the entire thing, the entire movie, is a ripoff of Star Wars. Let me really? let me set the scene for you, okay? Wait, I might well, watch this. Don't spoil they have it. To go, they have to go uh, into uh, Iran, and uh, they can't use a modern plane to go into Iran because a modern plane will get detected <laughs> by everything. Everybody will detect the, the thing. It's coming from Pastor Raptor Superfan. <laughs> Listen, that movie set out to do something, and it did it. This movie failed on every point. Okay, so they got to go into Iran. So what do they do? Uh, well, we can't use. You know, you're spoiling planes. the movie for me right so now. We have to use. I'm not spoiling. I'm not telling you what happened at the end. So we have to use older planes. We have to use old planes because they they won't be detected, and they have to fly under the radar. So what they do is they fly in a trench underneath the the missiles. They fly in the trench to go and hit a tiny little spot. And they got to go and they got to dump their payload onto the spot and then fly out of there so they can blow it up. That's the trench run in Star Wars. It's the exact same thing. Did Tom Cruise's astromech droid get taken out right at the last minute? Some of the characters in it were acting like an astromech droid, let me tell you. They were about as they emoted about as much as R2-D2 did. Uh, So Bill Bill was hoping for Speedos and Top Gun. And uh, now my now the show is broken, and Sauce is angry with me. 
Oh no, I I didn't like a movie you liked. Why does everyone care about what my opinion is? Why did why just who cares? It's just my. Do you want to talk about your favorite rom coms? Duke just showed up. Duke, I am uh, impressed that you're watching When Harry Met Sally. I don't know what you thought of it. I guess I'll have to wait until. Well, uh, I know that it took him two days to watch it. Yeah, I don't know if that's a time constraint thing or he he got worn out. I don't know, but uh, I'm putting my money on he couldn't take anymore in one sitting. Well, I gotta I gotta say, like I didn't want to say anything because I don't want to start anything with Chris Roberts because I don't know what my, I just, I just don't want. But when Harry met Sally, great movie. I watched it just a couple months ago. The other movies they picked. I can't sit through them. <laughs> I don't know what. What were the other ones? It was the, the, the you got Hill. mail. And yeah, you got mail. Uh, like I love Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, but I just uh, can't I haven't that. seen any of those. Uh, um, I watched Groundhog Day. Cause yeah, Groundhog see, that's Day a good romantic day. comedy. That's a good one. Yeah. So um, there you go. Oh, here we go. The actual plane Fish called Wanda. Really cool. No, it wasn't. It wasn't that cool. No denying that it was impressive. Yeah, I can deny it. It wasn't wasn't that impressive. A lot of CG. GoPros on planes. Whoop de doo. Yeah, I was impressed. Oh, Sleepless Seattle and Sleepless in Seattle and Pretty Women. I haven't seen either one of those. I couldn't sit through either of those uh, films. I did start watching because Sarah loves those movies. She has them on all the time. So I start watching them and then I start complaining and then she kicks me out of the room because she doesn't want to hear it. So, good luck. Good luck with those, Duke. I hope you enjoyed uh, When Harry Met Sally, though. I, I think that's a charming movie. That's a good movie. Let's see. So, I gave, uh, just so you know, is that even in here? It's got to be in here. Yeah, I gave Velocipaster a half a star. Mm -hmm. And I gave Top Gun Maverick half a star so take that sauce they're tied they are tied do you do you rank them based on the quality of the production and the artistry of the film or, do you, or entertainment care. value i don't care what the production is of a film who cares if it's a turd it's a turd the movie could look like clerks but it clerks charms the pants off me it's a twenty five hundred dollar movie or $25,000 movie or whatever it is. And it looks like it, but who cares? Top Gun, I don't know. They spent millions upon millions of dollars that bored the heck out of me. The geography from the technical, like who cares what the geography is from a technical <laughs> standpoint? Who cares? If I sit in there and I'm like, is the geography right in this movie? I, who gives a crap? All right. Anyways, hope you all enjoyed the episode. Uh, hope that uh, you're happy that the soundboard is back. Oh, God, the soundboard is working as well as it ever has. Let me tell you. Let me try that again. Uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, See? <clears throat> okay. All right, that's enough. Anything else you want to talk about? Um, You said you played a game I might like. Oh, right, okay. Uh, Vampire Survivors. 2D, a uh, little 2D game. I think it's on Steam. Vampire Survivor. Yeah, it's just a little 2D game, and you play it. Uh, there's a whole bunch of characters. It kind of takes a lot from uh, Diablo. Um, but 
that's it in terms of uh, like it's more like how it's set up with different characters and you're you're playing through like these uh, dungeons that just kind of are randomly generated and it plays like a uh, twin stick shooter but you don't control the weapons the weapons just kind of randomly shoot around you you can also Uh get area of attack things where like it surrounds you and protects you and the bad guys just come towards you yeah, I, I remember looking at this once before. It's addictive. I was addicted to it. I, 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 I'm playing it, and I'm like, I want to play like with all the characters. I want to get all the characters to go through all the levels. There's only about five levels, um, but they, all the characters play a little bit differently. And uh, I, I just, you know, sometimes you just need a nice, simple game. Yeah, like, time killer kind of game. Yeah. And it is. It does kill a lot of time. Time that I should be doing other things, but I, I've still been playing just pretty much the one game. Uh, I, I'm still playing Excite Trucks. On Wii. Oh yeah. Well, well yeah. I uh, I've been playing with my daughter, and like we we kind of just pass the controller back and forth and and see how we can do. And we did the regular mode. We did the hard mode. We unlocked mirror mode. And now it, it sounds like such a cheap trick to extend the the life of a game where you have all the same tracks, but they are mirrored. All your rights are now left. Yeah. Totally effective for a racing game because there are some tracks in there that I had such trouble with trying to get the S ranking and that I played the level over and over and over and over again to the point that I had like everything memorized and all the muscle memory of like, go here, go here. And when everything reverses on you, it's so difficult because you want to, you instinctively want to go the other way. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few racing games that, that, that do that, but yeah, that one, I remember that one was effective at that. Uh, Very good. And weren't you playing an adventure game too? I am playing a point and click called Fenimore Fillmore, three skulls of the Toltecs. It's a Western I, point and click. Um, I, I thought it looked cool. Cause Oh, old West point and click wacky humor, kind of fun. Um, but it, uh, it's mediocre in, in many ways. Bad voice acting. Um, it, I wish people would learn their lessons with these point and click games. It's all trial and error. So when you click like, I want to use this item in this situation, your character says, oh, I can't do that. Something like that. When they have a, an extremely annoying way of saying it and you have to hear it mm. over and over and over and over throughout the whole game, I wish they would just put like a little red X or something real yeah. quick flash. Just like, nope, can't do that. Instead of, uh, 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 I can't do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I can't do that. Like over and over and over. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing Broken Age uh, right now. It's a similar uh, point and click style game. But it lets you when, you, when you get stuck in a loop like that, it lets you just skip the dialogue to get out yeah. of it. Which is, an X would be better. But uh, yeah. And, uh, of course, I get stuck in those games all the time because I forget that you can select the character. I'm like, what do I do here? You know, when you're looking around the room and you're trying to combine your items and all that. Yeah. And you forget, like, put the item onto the character. I, I always forget that. Yeah. yeah I there, some of the puzzles can be really obtuse. There's one moment in the game I'm playing where it's not even a puzzle. It's just, like, bad design. There's one dialogue tree. You're in a saloon and you talk to the bartender and, and you ask like, um, where's the toilet? And then you, you 
there's like a little room in the back. But when you go over it, nothing highlights. You know, there's no indication you can interact with it. So I tried walking over there. Nothing, nothing happens. And eventually that kept coming up in the dialogue tree. Go over there. Go over there. It's like, all right, I go over there. There's a stairwell that's kind of blocked and, and hidden that you can actually go up and there's a second level. But there's no indication that you can actually do that. And you can't see it because the screen then scrolls up. It's just some poor design. Wow. Well, it, I, I've never heard of it. It's been around forever. So, And apparently uh, Duke is getting upset at uh, us talking about computer games. Surprised Joe has – Joe's probably gone already. So, uh, Yes, Curtis, Triangle okay. of Success – or sorry, Triangle of Sadness. It's on my list. I've gotten off the uh, Oscar movies there for the last few days, but I'll get back to it. But it's I'll, I'll put up some Duke movies. Highlander. You like that one, Duke? Um, um, I don't know if there's anything else here Duke would like. I got nothing for Duke. Oh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Um, I wonder if he'd like that. He probably likes that movie. Hard Target with Jean-Claude Van Damme. I almost watched Death Warrant with Jean-Claude Van Damme the other day, but uh, another movie called to me. What's what's the one where he's in uh, at the Stanley Cup? There's one where he's in a stadium. It's like Die Hard. It's got like Stanley a hockey Cup. kind of name, doesn't it? Like uh, sudden death. Sudden death. Sudden death. That happens at the end of hockey. You're in mm -hmm. sudden death. There you go. Okay, that's it. Uh, thank you, everyone in the chat. Mostly in the chat, anyways. I thank you, uh, Curtis. <laughs> it's Rocket Spots. <laughs> Uh, Sarah came here uh, stayed 10 minutes. We had Dude, uh, Sarah, Bill and Joe. Bill, yeah. Um, Gary. I see Gary. I see Joe. I see. That's it. That's enough. That's all we need. Man. Too bad Steven. Oh my goodness. Wasn't there I'm still that. scrolling up in these comments. There's a lot of comments. None of them directed at us. Uh, Curtis should get COVID more often. <laughs> All right, we better sign off because I got to talk to you. So, uh, okay. All right. That's it. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. And there you go.